Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. Monday, February 27th, Ian Cameron and Alex B. Smith with you as the uh, countdown approaches for the trade deadline on Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern time. We're only days away. The week of the trade deadline has arrived, uh, but that has not stopped the action from taking place here uh, in the days leading up to the uh, trade deadline. And the running gag every year and joke is, all these trades get done before the deadline, and then these numbnuts on TSN and Sportsnet every year have nothing to talk about when they do their eight-hour marathon trade deadline show the day of the trade deadline, which will be Friday, of course. So that's the hilarious part. You're seeing deals being done left and right here uh, over the last 24 uh, to 48 hours, and certainly we saw a very uh, big flurry of activity pick up just the last uh, couple of days. Of course, we got to start with the big trade that was uh, done yesterday. Uh, of course, Timo Meyer heavily linked for several uh, weeks uh, with the uh, New Jersey Devils. And finally, that deal gets done. He is sent to uh, the uh, New Jersey Devils from the uh, San Jose Sharks. Uh, New Jersey, they parted ways with Fabian Zetterlin, but to be honest with you, he had fallen out of favor with the Devils. He's had a pretty tough season overall. I think they expected a lot more from him. So I think it's just one of those, hey, we got to give them a, a pretty good prospect. And he still could be a very good player, Zetterlin, uh, in the deal. And they figured, you know what, a guy that's kind of struggled here uh, in New Jersey uh, this season, uh, and maybe we can put him in the deal. Maybe getting out to San Jose will do, be a good fit for him. Ch chance to hit the reset button, uh, change of scenery. Uh, definitely uh, a, a trade that we figured was going to go down at some point. And look, the New Jersey Devils know what's going on. Uh, they're If they want to hope to contend with the likes of you know, Boston, Carolina, the New York Rangers improved themselves big time getting Tarasenko. We think they're about to land Patrick Kane uh, at some point, just a question of when, not if. They see what Toronto is doing, they, and we'll get to Toronto in a minute. They, they made another, and Tampa for that matter, uh, and Tampa Bay uh, making a deal yesterday as well. New Jersey's got to move as well. Like it's, it's become, as I said on Twitter, an arms race in the Eastern Conference. And there is no doubt in my mind now at this point the more entertaining, deeper playoff bracket is going to be in the East this year. And we haven't been able to say that in years. For years, it's been the Western Conference has had the teams that from top to bottom look like the better group. I don't think you can say that anymore this year. This Eastern Conference is going to be special. This is going to be one hell of a Stanley Cup playoffs in the Eastern Conference. And certainly with New Jersey, when you can put – they're thinking now of uh, putting Timo Meyer on the top line for the uh, New Jersey Devils right away uh, when he gets there and, and just the possibilities that could arrive. Like right now it's listed that uh, uh, Timo Meyer uh, for the uh, New Jersey Devils could play with uh, uh, with with Heeshear and Mercer, Hughes with Bratt and Sharon Govich, and not to mention Andre Palat can slide into a top six forward role at any moment, even though right now he's on the third line. And of course he's got cup winning experience from Tampa Bay. Like that is an unbelievable forward group that the New Jersey Devils now have with the addition of Timo Meyer. There's no question about that. I still question their D a little bit. You know, Dougie Hamilton's had a great year. Siegenthaler's capable. But then you wonder, you know, is, is the likes of, uh, you know, 
the veteran Brendan Smith. They got they got Scott Harrington, by the way, from San Jose in that deal, but he's played more in the minors than at the eight NHL level. I still question their defensive depth. And look, it's fair to uh, you know question their goaltending because none of these guys have done shit in the playoffs. You know, Vitek Vanacek, forget Blackwood. You know, I don't think he's all that great. And, and Akira Schmid. So uh, definitely, New Jersey has improved themselves a lot. Like, but to me, they've still got to look at some D help. No question about that. I think they need a good stay-at-home defenseman, the Devils. They need to add something like that before Friday. Uh, we'll see if they do. Tampa Bay, look, Tanner Janot's an excellent player in terms of what he can bring to a team at playoff time. Defensive conscience can chip in offensively, although he's not having a great offensive season this year with Nashville compared to last year. Physical, you know, he's in terms of hits, you know, he's got this guy can is capable of like seven or eight hits in one hockey game. You know, that is the kind of the, the brand of hockey he brings. And it's the kind of brand of hockey that you need at playoff time. Drops the gloves. He won't hesitate to do that uh, on occasion. But my gosh, you talk about paying through, paying a premium. The Tampa Bay Lightning sure as fuck did that. My gosh, they gave up a shit ton to get Tanner Janot yesterday from the uh, Nashville Predators. Now, look, he's going to fit in nicely. Uh, they need a little bit more punch in the third and the fourth line. He'll give them that. But my goodness, they gave up a lot of draft capital. And, and to me, this is one of those moves where it, it, be, it better result in a long playoff run and a chance at another Stanley Cup for Tampa Bay for what they paid to get Tanner Janot. Uh, and we'll see if it works out. But man, they gave up a lot uh, in terms of uh, getting him uh, on the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Toronto, just before the show started today, uh, made news uh, trading with Alex's Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, bringing in Jake McCabe and Sam Lafferty. And obviously Alex has seen those two players a lot the last couple of years uh, in Chicago. And look, yeah. you know you know what you get with Jake McCabe. You get sandpaper, you get physicality, you get good in his own end. Uh, you get something that the Leafs need more of, honestly. So it's a perfect fit for them. Sam Lafferty's an excellent two-way forward, can chip in offensively. He's got an excellent feel for the game from a penalty kill standpoint. He's a very, very good uh, penalty killer penalty killing forward uh definitely all the elements of hey you need these intangibles these nuts and bolts type of players at stanley cup playoff time to make a deep run for as much as you know tampa's got their Stamkos and kucherov and point and toronto's got marner and matthews and nylander you need your jake mccabe's your stay-at-home defensive-minded physical defensemen that are going to knock someone on their can which he'll do repeatedly you need a Sam Lafferty that's a, a great two-way forward at both ends of the ice those are the kind of players that you need just as much to help you at playoff time as you need your skill players and your superstars so it's a nice trade here for the Toronto Maple Leafs they responded to what Tampa did yesterday with Janot. uh so like I say it's an arms race right now in the Eastern Conference and it's heating up uh, and I haven't even gotten yet to the big you know news yesterday as well David Poyle retiring from the Nashville Predators as their president of hockey ops and GM and of all people, Barry Trotz taking over as president of hockey ops and GM. And he was on an interview just recently saying, I, I, I wouldn't mind, you know, a little something different when I get back into hockey. Well, no shit. He sure as fuck wasn't kidding. Was he? Holy mint. This is, this is different. This ain't coaching anymore. You got to build a team. And what's nice about Barry's situation, Nashville's tearing this thing down. We're finding that out right now. They're rebuilding and, Barry Trotz is going to have the opportunity from the ground floor to build this franchise back up again, the Nashville Predators. It's going to be on his plate now moving forward to build Nashville over the next few years back into a 
you know, contending team and into a better team and build through the draft, build through the prospect system. He's going to have a chance to do it. Let's see how he does with it. Alex, uh, tons of news, as you could uh, hear just now, from a busy, busy week. And we haven't even gotten any of the games that took place on the ice. This is just all the shit that's gone down trades and managerial decision hirings. And it's just been a crazy weekend in the NHL news-wise. Yeah, and it's going to continue to be that way all the way until Friday for sure. Uh, just a lot of things, a lot of moving parts. Let's start, obviously, with the Hawks and, and the Leafs. That's the, the latest trade. And it's interesting. I, I was joking around because I said, well, the last time the Hawks were rebuilding and traded a defenseman last name McCabe to Toronto, that rebuild took another seven or eight years. So let's hope it doesn't take as long as it did in, in 99. Let's hope. Uh, and it seems like Kyle Davidson, I mean, we got the draft picks. I mean, there's no question about that. The Hawks now have uh, two first-round picks in each of the next three years, four second-round picks next year. I mean, the, the capital they have is tremendous. And now they have the flexibility of trading away. They could package together picks and, and make a deal to bring in a player or move up in the draft. They have a lot of room. Good job by Cal Davidson. Let's see if he can actually draft some talent, unlike a lot of the many GMs the Hawks have had. In my lifetime. This is where uh, these scouts have to earn their fucking pay right now for absolutely. Chicago. Do your job. Make make good decisions and recommend good players. Recommend players that are going to hit, not miss for this franchise long term. Absolutely, because now we're in a position of if we have the number one overall pick, obviously that's, that's going to be Connor Bedard, but then you can build around that. If we don't have, if we happen to say Lance second or third, now I can package that with some other picks and make a deal on draft. It, it's just, it's incredible what, what, what they're doing with that. Uh, you mentioned the Nashville news, which I think is really huge. Obviously, Poyle uh, making one more Leafs final deadline time splash tr uh, trade, getting some picks from Tampa Bay, like I said, moving Tanner Janot, setting things up for what should be really nice for uh, Barry Trotz when he comes in uh, this summer and moving forward. And obviously, the complexity and, and mantra of that team is going to change a lot. We're definitely going to see a more Barry Trot style Nashville again, which means we're going to see defense, probably going to see a change in coaching, probably going to see a change in goaltenders. A whole philosophy change is going to be coming from Nashville. So it'll be interesting to see because we've seen them kind of falter on the back end. Now, obviously guys who are better defenders, and, and, and looking at UC Soros, those guys are really going to be up on their game, I think, because they know what kind of, or at least they're going, they're going to know in due time, what kind of a, of a GM Trotz is. And if it's anything like he is with a head coach, those guys putting together big numbers in the second half of the season, whether it means they get to the playoffs or not, is going to be crucial for them if they're sticking around in the Music City. So that's something to keep a note of uh, with Nashville. Uh, just looking at some of the other deals, the Timo Meyer deal to New Jersey is massive, in my opinion. Uh, I, I think that's he's really going to be a nice fit and boost. And now we're talking about a, a, a Devils team that has the offensive punch. Like, so you still worry about the goaltending with Vanacek, but I think this is a team now they go from more than likely being out in the first round or making a first round upset to I think they can legitimately beat anybody in the first round and maybe make some noise in that second round. Uh, the way that they stand right now with everybody healthy. So I like that move for New Jersey. And like I said, it'll be interesting to see whether the pieces go along. I think there are teams that have made moves that still aren't done yet. Uh, obviously the Hawks, like I said, with, you know, trying to get the logistics together of whether Patrick Kane is going to the Rangers, who's coming back in that deal, those things. Uh, the Toronto may be done for the most part, it seems like. 
but I still expect some of these these big movements on the Tampa Bay for sure. I think they're another team that even though they've got everything pretty solidified, maybe they could make another depth deal. And I talked about this before where some of these AHL level deals might not mean a lot. Uh, but when you look at it, you know, teams like Boston, for example, they might make a deal that would be under the radar as far as they're not adding anybody for the main roster right now. But if they add someone who's quality enough to where they can play eight or nine more games at the end of the year when the, the Marshans and Pasternak's maybe take a couple of games off because they're going to run away with, with, the, with the President's Trophy. They're going to run away with the Atlantic Division. You're going to be resting guys a little bit more if you're Boston than some of the other teams because you've already got everything locked up. So you might see some little moves like that that could affect things, which – you know, won't mean shit from a win-loss department, but from a betting standpoint late in the year, could make a, a bit of a difference. Yeah, no question about that. And, uh, yeah, it's just uh, – it's going to be fascinating to see Nashville now. You know, it's funny. We talk about Nashville and the long term and the rebuild, and there's no doubt they're tearing it down and rebuilding. But it's funny that they're in this massive rebuild that makes you think, wow, they're 12 points out of the playoffs. No, they're not. They're actually still somewhat alive, very much so, especially with Calgary inconsistent. We saw Seattle – you know, lose again last night against Toronto. Uh, so all of a sudden, those two teams holding the wild card positions are looking very tenuous at the moment, uh, the Flames and the Kraken. Uh, so when you look, and actually the Jets are struggling right now as well. Uh, Calgary doesn't have a wild card, but they're right there. Nashville's two behind Calgary, who are on the outside looking in. And that's Winnipeg and Seattle that have the uh, two wild card spots right now uh, in the uh, Western Conference. So Nashville's not completely up. No, absolutely not. Be they're only six points back of uh, Seattle for the second spot. Now it's yeah. unlikely they get in. They're not totally out of it. But it's just funny we're talking about all this rebuild talk for Nashville, and they're a team that's only six points out of a spot. Well, and here's the thing. I mean, one, yeah, they are technically still within striking range of a spot. But I mean, I think they kind of understand writings on the wall. Even if they were to get in, you know, can this team? You know, we saw how they did last year in the playoffs. Do you think they're really going to even be able to win one game in a, in a best of seven series with? the likes of a, you know, a top tier team, like a, they draw a, a Vegas or whoever wins the Pacific or they get, a, they could be know. Dallas the way Dallas is playing right now. Cause there's a chance, you know, Dallas could be in that one, you know, wild card team would yeah. face Dallas potentially. And Dallas sure. has shown you some vulnerabilities and chinks in the armor uh, lately, but yeah, you're right. If it's someone on the Pacific side, Nashville yeah. would play like a Vegas, LA, or Edmonton. I don't see them beating any of them. I don't see them. Yeah, exactly. I don't see them even even getting a a, a win in, in that series, especially against the Edmonton a speed of Edmonton or or a, a just all around play of a of a Vegas. But with so in saying that, you know these moves and, and like I said, the rebuild thing is not so much this year as it will be once uh, Trotz gets inserted. We just know his tendencies and what we've seen from Nashville. It just automatically leads up to a rebuild. Now he could maybe just try to stay pat and patch things together, but that doesn't seem like Trotz's style. Trotz seems like a more controlling kind of guy. Like I said, we're just going from his coaching philosophy. That doesn't mean anything. When you become a GM, things can, can change and, uh, and maybe he has a different viewpoint, but I, I just believe that a big rebuild is going to be coming. And I think it's going to be a rapid one too. I don't, I think they have, especially with the draft picks they have, I think they'll be able to get stuff done sooner than later. We're not talking about a, a Preds team that'll probably be at the bottom of the barrel for about five or six years. I think maybe one or two bad seasons and then they're right back in the mix. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, like I say, it's fascinating to see what's going to happen. There's still obviously a bunch of uh, rumblings out there about uh, other players. We're still waiting to see if, Gavrikov, another key defenseman that player that teams are targeting, gets moved. Luke Shen, his name is still out there. Uh, JT Miller, by the way, there was some thought that maybe, is, is he going to get dealt? 
by the Vancouver Canucks, but no, but his absence is injury related uh, for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. We'll get to that when we preview uh, that game. But uh, yeah, briefly in terms of the games yesterday on the ice, uh, Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, it was just a second period nightmare for the lightning. It got away from them uh, in the second period. And look, I, I, again, I said on Twitter yesterday with Tampa Bay, more than any recent season, I would say two years ago, three years ago, last year, the Tampa Bay Lightning, when Vasilevsky didn't play, I didn't have any worries about them. They could still win hockey games. They could still find a way. I find this year, with the way things have gone for them, they are more reliant on Vasilevsky this year than in any recent season. I find there is a decline. I find there is a difference in the way this team plays Vasilevsky and no Vasilevsky in net. And obviously, you know, he is still, you know, I think the best goaltender in this sport and in the world right now. And if you don't believe me, uh, watch the game against Detroit Saturday night where he was the reason they won that game. And sure enough, Elliott in net last night and you see what happens. Uh, they give up seven goals. I find they're more reliant on Vasilevsky now. When you take Vasilevsky out, they're they're a much more beatable hockey team now than maybe no Vasilevsky last year or no Vasilevsky two years ago or three years ago. Why? There's no Ryan McDonough. He got moved in the offseason to Nashville. I think they miss him a little bit. A steadying presence, a veteran presence, plays a ton of minutes. You're not going to have that at playoff time now. Uh, there are some questions about that. Chernak is a guy they miss uh, big time from what they've had in years past. I mean, there's definitely some concerns that I've got right now. I mean, when at playoff time, are you are you confident after Hedman, Sergachev, and to a lesser extent Ian Cole, who's okay? I don't think he's phenomenal. Do you have do you have confidence in Nick Perbix playing a bunch of minutes in a big playoff series? Bogosian now, who's had a lot of injuries, a little older now. Hayden Flurry, you know, who's more of a depth defenseman. Do you have do you have you know confidence in that bottom end of the blue line for Tampa Bay right now? Not as much as I've seen in years past. They don't have that blue line depth. He's got to go after a defenseman, I think. Breezebois. Julian Breezebois here at the trade deadline. Because that blue line, the more I look at them, you can you can forecheck against them. You can forecheck them to death, and they can cough it up. They can cough up pucks. They can get hemmed in uh, in their own zone. And you could cycle that puck around them and really work them over. This is not that one through six stellar blue line that Tampa Bay's had, I think, last year, two years ago, three years ago, from what I see. And, of course, no Vasilevsky, and you see what can happen there. So they rely on him a lot more. I've got someone on Tampa Bay that's obviously clearly, I think his Twitter was Bucks Bolts on Twitter, didn't like my comments, said shut up. And I said, hey, take the fanboy blinders off, guy, and realize that this blue line, you know, is not as good one through six. You're not splitting the atom, figuring that out. Nick Perbix is not Ryan McDonough. You know, <laughs> Hayden Fleury is not Ryan McDonough. I mean, let's 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 be serious here. You can't look at this blue line and say we're on the same level depth-wise that we were last year or two years ago. So, And I think it's an issue, and I think it's an issue they've got to address before Friday, Alex. Uh, Tampa Bay's got kinks in it. They could they should have lost to Detroit, too, on Saturday night. They got outplayed. They got outplayed badly in that game. They should have had an 0-2 uh, weekend uh, on the road, Tampa Bay. Yeah, but uh, Tampa Bay's as vulnerable to me, uh, Alex, as they've been in the last few years. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, it's 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 kind of expected at some point, you know, this team wearing down over time. You can't play this uh, kind of, of, of up-tempo, intense, playoff-style hockey for so many years and then expect to just coast along through every regular season. There's only so few teams that can do that year after year after year, Pittsburgh kind of being the, the lone standout exception. Uh, but Tampa, you know, they have some pieces that – 
can keep them afloat. He said Vasilevsky can see a game any night. They have the offense to turn the Jets on and, and, and outscore anybody when when given the chance. But they just don't have that lockdown, true Tampa Bay complete game, that, that playoff defense. We haven't seen flashes of that too often like we have during the re- previous regular seasons. Of course, like I said, once they get in the postseason mode, they turn it on to that, that higher gear. They're a, a dangerous team. But, yeah, there's just been some they, – they've been floating along a little bit too much here in the second half of the regular season, something we haven't seen in previous second halves going back to even as far as, say, 2014 or 2015. There was one player for Tampa Bay that played well last night. It was Braden Point. But Braden Point plays well most games. Uh, so, uh, like I say, Tampa Bay's got it. That being said, uh, they do return home and they face the Florida Panthers tomorrow night. Uh, and if any opponent is going to bring out the best in them, it's Florida. It's a rivalry type of situation like that. So that'll be a fascinating game to watch tomorrow night to see what response we get from Tampa Bay after that destruction last night in Pittsburgh. And it's a great game to watch because we'll be able to watch it together on our next Ice Guys live betcast tomorrow night. We're looking forward to it, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Make sure you join us uh, for the uh, betcast uh, next tomorrow night, Tuesday, February 28th. Live betting and commentary, as always, with uh, the two of us, Ian and Alex. And, of course, anybody that wants to join us, uh, email Bobano350 at gmail.com or DM me on Twitter at Bobano, and we'll make sure uh, we send you the link for the BetCast before it gets underway. That's tomorrow night, Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Drinking encouraged, of course. Uh, Looking forward to another live BetCast uh, tomorrow night on Tuesday for a pretty good card. Uh, in NHL action uh, tomorrow. Uh, This card's a little smaller uh, in comparison for this uh, Monday night, uh, but still some decent games on this uh, five-game NHL slate, and we will begin in Canada's nation's capital with the uh, Detroit Red Wings and the Ottawa Senators. Ottawa minus 130, home favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this one. Uh, The Ottawa Senators, a a split over the weekend. They got shut out by the Carolina Hurricanes, 4-0, but bounced back on Saturday night for a 5-2 victory uh, over the Montreal Canadiens. See if they can keep that uh, streak rolling tonight here against Detroit. It certainly will not be easy with the way the Red Wings have been playing. 7-2 in their last nine games, uh, the Red Wings. And and the two losses, by the way, in the last nine games for Detroit, well, it was the 4-2 loss against Seattle, which was a bit of a bad spot, tricky spot, you could say after the three-game sweep in Western Canada for Detroit, where they beat Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary consecutively, maybe fell off a little bit uh, against Seattle in that game. Tough spot. Final game of the Western swing uh, of that road trip. But then they bounced back. They won against Washington 3-1. to one. And then a very impressive – I couldn't believe that win against the Rangers, considering what a brutal spot that was. The West Coast trip, the one-game stopover playing the Capitals in Washington – and then you finally get back home, and all you do is you beat the Rangers 4-1. to one. <laughs> I mean, pretty damn impressive uh, if you're the Red Wings. And then you play Tampa Bay after that, and I'm sure there's people that out there that took Tampa Bay and are thinking to themselves, ah, Detroit. And they look at the final score, they didn't watch the game, they say, ah, Detroit finally played a, the best team, you know, one of the best teams in the league this year, or the best team in the league for the last few years consecutively. 3 nothing. they lost, they couldn't step up, you know, couldn't punch above their weight class, couldn't be further from the truth. They played a great game uh, against uh, Tampa Bay. 45-17 to 17 shots on goal in favor of the uh, Detroit Red Wings. It was the Vasilevsky show. He was ab- couldn't believe some of the saves he made. 
uh, in that game for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. And as a result, uh, Detroit just cannot break through, and, and they get the uh, 3 nothing loss to the uh, Lightning. They'll be looking to bounce back. Uh, by the way, I should point out, this is the second, this is the front end of a back-to-back for both teams against each other. They're actually playing one another tomorrow night uh, in, uh, actually, it's a, I think it's, no, it's back-to-back in Ottawa. In Ottawa. They're in right. Ottawa tonight and in Ottawa again tomorrow night. So yeah. it's a rare Weird back to back. It's weird to have the teams seem two teams play each other twice in a row, but especially in the same building. Uh, that's more of an NBA thing that we've seen at times uh, this year. Uh, but that's the case here. So it's these two teams tonight and these two teams again tomorrow night, both in Ottawa, uh, going head to head for this one. I like Detroit. I just like the price on Detroit. I like the way they're playing. I I couldn't believe that when this uh, line opened, Ottawa was as high as a minus one fifty. A home favorite. I actually jumped on this line right away at plus 130 with Detroit. It's come down all the way to 115, 110. And I agree. It was just Ottawa was too big of a favorite uh, in that uh, opening line as far as I'm concerned. Helberg, by the way, in net for Detroit uh, for this game. They're going to give uh, Billy Husso a rest uh, because it's a back-to-back. So you figured uh, both, goal, both teams are going to have one goalie in tonight and their other goalie in tomorrow night. That's what you would assume. Talbot is projected, but it hasn't been confirmed yet uh, on the uh, Ottawa side of things. But uh, certainly I would look toward uh, Detroit at a plus price. And I'll probably bet Detroit tonight if they don't win tomorrow night. That's probably the way I'm going to go about it. If they don't win tomorrow night and I lose this bet, that's okay. I'll just come right back and take Detroit again uh, tomorrow night. That's probably the way we're going to end up playing this uh, two-game set back-to-back with the Red Wings and the Senators. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Detroit, Ottawa? So, yeah, uh, I've noticed in the comments um, after shows in the last few days, a lot of people have gotten really kind of bummed out about me repeating that I'm, you know, betting on draws lately. So let's just get it out of the way. I like the draw in every game of the one all five games. They're profitable. What's to be bummed yeah, they're about? They're profitable. I don't know why. I don't know why people find it annoying or whatever, but, you know, it's draw season. Just deal with it. Uh, so, with that being said, as far as this side, I guess you don't like goes, plus three hundred winners or plus three fifty or I guess you know, not, big yeah. prices like that. Yeah. I can't can't imagine. And look, they're not all going to win, and maybe it is repetitive, and it's like, hey, this guy likes the draw again and again and again. Well, it's not just we're blindly betting these draws; we're making cases for well, we should see a tight game. The points are at a premium for both teams. It makes sense that we see a competitive, pretty close hockey game. Yeah, and, and and like I said, they're worth even if you you bet a quarter of a unit, they're worth taking shots on. And when you're talking about plus three twenty five to to plus four hundred, which is what I've been cashing in the last couple of weeks. But I, I digress. This this is an interesting matchup because, like I said, this is a Detroit team that you know. Do they believe that they can be a playoff team? Not just looking at the standings, not looking at what management wants to do. Do these guys, these twenty three guys in the locker room, believe? that they are a playoff contending team. They have to start really kind of amping themselves up and, and playing that way. Like I said, you know, getting over those tough losses, you know, they have to just kind of carry themselves in a, in a bit of a different manner. I think if they're going to be a playoff contending team, or at least a team to hang around in this wild card range throughout the rest of the season, you got to win games like tonight. You got to win them by margin. Uh, so I would lean toward Detroit here, but this is a stronger draw play that I like. I think this could be a tighter battle. Mainly because, like I said, Ottawa, you know, had played Detroit pretty tough, and I also wonder if it is Talbot getting back in net, which we haven't yet to see. I just wonder, you know, where his frame of range could be. I think he's one of those guys who could let up some goals early, but then get back into frame as the game goes on. Magnus Helberg's a guy who, 
Uh, it's funny I did a show earlier talking about you know there's not he's played well he's been a serviceable backup serviceably has been better than Ned it seemed like we forgot about him down in Grand Rapids uh, it, it's basically been Helberg and Huso but Huso and Helberg there's not much of a difference between them right now so uh, I think you know Detroit's got a good tandem going and I think you know points are going to be of the utmost importance so once again this is a tough a tight game late not going to see a lot of uh, offensive chances and and teams you know risking to take that uh, that push, they want to get at least a point in the standing. So I like the draw here, but a lean toward Detroit on the side. Yeah, yeah, this one, this one, I like Detroit. Yeah, def- I think it'll pro- could be a close game. So the draw uh, in play here for uh, Alex with this one. Uh, yeah, you look at the games yesterday. Um, you know, uh, we saw the uh, draw cash with Columbus and Minnesota. Uh, you know, there w- actually there wasn't a bunch yesterday that were close. Just was one of those days. You had a lot of lopsided scores, but that doesn't mean all of a sudden it's going to be that way every day moving forward. There are, especially when you look at teams that are pretty close. You know, you're going to end up seeing um, uh, the draw being worth a look here in some of these games. As far as props go, uh, you know, Saturday, you know, Saturday was such a disappointment for me with player props. I mean, the whole day really. The, you know, the Calgary Colorado over fell short. The props were more hit, were more bad than good. You know, but uh, we boy, the props were really good yesterday. So it was good to see that. It was a nice bounce back with a lot of the props yesterday uh, throughout the uh, games. And there's a few in this game. Uh, I'm going to talk about pretty much the same players we've mentioned here repeatedly for Ottawa with shots on goal. Thomas Shabbat, you know, he's trended over the total uh, two of the last three. Uh, he's firing the puck a lot from the uh, blue line. And, of course, our guy Stutzla, who actually we lost with finally with a shots on goal prop, Timmy Stutzla on Saturday night against Montreal only had one shot on goal, no points in that game. Kind of weird. Ottawa scores five goals and he only had one shot on goal and no points. Kind of weird considering how important he's been, but I I wouldn't shy away from that here tonight. He's still gone over his shots on goal over two and a half, six of the last seven games for the uh, uh, Ottawa Senators. Um, you know, Alex DeBrinkett starting to heat up four points in the last two games. If you're interested in points props, you could go in that direction. Dylan Larkin, Eight of the last 10 games, uh, he has gotten a point for the uh, Red Wings. Uh, so keep an eye on that. at seven of the last 10 with a point uh, as well. Uh, so Larkin, you know, to get a point, if you want to put that in a parlay, probably worth a look. Shots on goal as well. Uh, if you're looking at goal score props, who's, uh, you know, Kachuk, Larkin, it for these two teams have both been uh, scoring goals in bunches uh, repeatedly of late. Their form is very good uh, in that regard. So, uh, you could look in those directions in terms of the uh, goal score uh, props uh, for this game here with uh, Detroit and Ottawa. All right, Vancouver, Dallas. We've got the uh, Dallas Stars minus 280 home favorite, six the total here in this one. Of course, the uh, news that we heard uh, earlier today for this game is JT Miller uh, was kept home in uh, Vancouver, not because of an imminent trade, but because of an injury. Week to week, he's out with a lower body injury and that's a shame for someone that, uh, you know, prop-wise, whether it's been point props or shots on goal, uh, we've been betting a lot of Miller stuff lately uh, for the uh, Canucks. But uh, unfortunately, he is now going to be out week to week, so obviously won't be in the lineup tonight. Didn't even make the trip to with Vancouver. And then Luke Shen will sit out once again for the uh, Vancouver Canucks tonight, as he is likely on the trading block and likely to be sent somewhere uh, before the uh, deadline on Friday. So, uh, we'll keep an eye on that and see uh, if uh, he is indeed able to, uh, you know, get dealt before Friday's uh, deadline uh, in this uh, going into uh, Friday. So Shen is not playing, uh, obviously, due to trade speculation. Miller uh, is going to be out here for the uh, 
Vancouver Canucks. And really, there's a lot of uh, players that are out of the lineup. And I think it's got to show up at some point, especially on the blue line. Luke Shen's been, say what you want about Luke Shen. He has been one of their best defensemen this year for the Vancouver Canucks. For a team that's had all kinds of issues defensively, Luke Shen has had a very, very strong year. No question about it for the Canucks. But you look now at what they've got to deal with here tonight from a blue line standpoint. It's rough. It's thin for Rick Tockett. And, you know, I give uh, Vancouver credit for holding Boston to two goals before Linus Allmark got the empty net goal to make it 3-1 because they were very depleted on the back end in that game as well. And Arthur Silovs, the young uh, Latvian uh, in net, actually played very well for the uh, Canucks against uh, Boston. But you look at what they've got to deal with here. This is rough. I mean, you've got Quinn Hughes and Tyler Myers on the top pair. And look, Tyler Myers is not a top pair defenseman right now at this stage of his career. We talk about someone in our betcast last week called him the Chaos Giraffe. Uh, very, very funny uh, name for uh, Tyler Myers, the Chaos Giraffe. And you're right, he's stumbling down, bumbling on the ice, falling down like he's drunk out of a bar. I mean, just absolutely a rough season for Tyler Myers. Uh, he can be good in small doses, but top pairing minutes is not something you want to see, but they have to put him up there out of necessity tonight with uh, Quinn Hughes. And then you've got the rest of the blue line. It's littered with guys that are going to have to play more minutes, and I don't know if they're equipped for it. Guillaume Brisebois, Kyle Burrows, Christian Willannon, Riley Stillman. Uh, they've got Dermot on IR. Like I said, Shen, Bear, and Pullman aren't playing. Lawson Tossum, uh, Oliver ekman Larson's on IR. So uh, they've got all kinds of issues with lack of depth right now on defense. So I worry about that a little bit for Vancouver. I know they've cooled off on the overs here the last two games. Vancouver, where the last two games have gone under the uh, Boston game. But again, Bruins are capable of playing pretty solid defense and capable of going under. And then, of course, the St. Louis game for Vancouver last week also stayed under. But for the first time in I can't even remember how long, we've got a Vancouver game at a six total instead of six and a half. So I got to lean over at this number, especially with all the injuries we're seeing on the uh, Vancouver a blue line right now. So that would be the leaner. I mean, what do we do? What do we do with Dallas here, Alex? This is a team that they, I know they beat yeah. Vegas in a shootout on Saturday, three, two, but none of these wins are coming easily. You would think they're able to beat Vancouver in this absolutely riddled blue line with absences and injuries and holdouts and all this stuff going on. I mean, this is not an NHL blue line that Vancouver's putting on the ice tonight. You would think Dallas can roll, but Dallas has not done anything easily. They have not done anything comfortably for the last several games. And again, we go back and look. Dallas in their last 10 games, six of the games have gone beyond regulation. And the games that didn't was a 4-1 win against Minnesota where it was, I think, an empty net goal or two to put that one away. 3-1 Tampa, that goal, that game was a minute away from overtime when Tampa took the lead late. Three, uh, then we saw 4-1 Columbus. That game was a one-goal game before the Jackets put it away with empty net goals. And then a 4-3 Chicago game where that game was this close to being uh, beyond regulation. And it could have been if Tyler Sagan's shot, you know, was just a couple of seconds earlier. And it would have gone to overtime. So this is one where I'm going to sprinkle a few bucks on the draw uh, here with the uh, Canucks and the uh, Stars. Because the one thing you see from Vancouver, it makes no sense. They've got a bad blue line tonight shorthanded as fuck and they've got Colin Delia in net who hasn't exactly been great lately uh, hasn't really been great all year but especially lately uh, he's had his share of uh, issues but we're expecting him in net it has it will be Ottinger for uh, Dallas 
Um, but the one thing that Tockett's getting out of this team is effort. They really are competing here these last couple games, working hard, trying hard, not giving up when they fall behind in a game. Look at the Nashville game. Look at the St. Louis game last week. They came back and they forced overtime with Nashville. They came back and they uh, beat St. Louis. And that's the other part of this equation, Alex. We're talking about Dallas's trends to the uh, be going past regulation. How about Vancouver? Two of the last three games for them have gone uh, beyond regulation. So for me, I'm going to go a little bit on the over and a little bit on the draw uh, in this one. What do you think here, Alex? Canuck stars. Yeah, right there with you. I mean, the draw is pretty much kind of automatic with Dallas right now. We could easily, and you laid it out perfectly, we could easily be talking about a team that could be playing 10 straight overtimes. At least nine of, of those last 10 uh, could have gone into overtime. We did get, you know, like I said, we had four and then seven of the last 12. So this is a Dallas team that, like I said, nothing's coming easy. And a Vancouver team that it's, I mean, the blue line is just atrocious. And now they're one shot from tying it up against Boston Saturday night, Vancouver. So yeah. they're, they're, the effort's been great. You know, the, the right. compete is there. The, the compete is there, but the, but the personnel isn't. And now when you talk about, you know, you're missing Miller on, on the front end too. It, it has me a little worried about this over as far as the number six. I would wait for five and a half at plus money or even a four and a half. And I think we can get that. I think Dallas dictating the pace. They won't try and, and score a lot early. I saw some people mention about stars first period puck line. I, I would stay away from that. I think Dallas wants to emphasize more defensive, uh, you know, uh, management of the puck first, as opposed to, to trying to press and be on the offensive. The chances will come against Vancouver. I said that blue line isn't shit. Eventually, Dallas's offense will will take hold, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen early. I think we can get a four and a half, laying a dollar twenty, dollar twenty five, and that'll be a more comfortable spot. But I'm also going to take the draw as well. This could easily scream another three, two, four, three, even five, four kind of a Dallas game. It just depends on what kind of offense Vancouver can put up to match it. But if Dallas dictates the tempo and pace, which I uh, predict, they won't need to score four or five goals. They can get four on their own. Vancouver gets three, and that's a final that happens in overtime or a shootout. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I would uh, I would say Dallas. You know, it, in theory, this is this is a team you should be able to with the, with the state of the Canucks blue line tonight for this game. This is a game where Dallas could and should score four minimum. Uh, Delia two in net instead of Kasilov's. I tell you what, he played well against Boston. That kid has it's got some ability. There's no doubt about that. But uh, Delia is not the same, uh, obviously. And of course, that blue line now is just very, very, very thin. Uh, here tonight so Dallas should roll up the goals but do you trust Dallas to roll up the goals I mean <laughs> they have not done anything easily uh the bottom line that is the case from the Dallas Stars the last uh, several games you know as far as the props go for this game here tonight um this is more of a uh for me Elias Pettersson and Beauvillier to me have been ridiculously good lately for the for the Canucks so whatever way you can get involved with um props involving both of these guys I mean Elias Pettersson has taken uh, very, very nicely to Rick Tockett. There's no doubt about that because he's playing great under Tockett. Not that he wasn't under Boudreaux, but he's taken another step uh, under Tockett. I mean, you look at the numbers for Pettersson. How about 11 points in the last five games? Insane production. Three goals, but 11 points for Elias Pettersson. Point, assist, point prop and assist prop on Elias Pettersson is definitely a good bet tonight. You know, because he is factoring in on so much of what the Canucks do offensively right now. Uh, he is just involved in it so much. He's even throwing his weight around. This guy looks like me 
20 years ago in terms of the weight, you know, a, a bone rack, you know, a rake uh, out there. Uh, but you know what? He's throwing his weight around. I think that's, look, Tockett was a physical player. No nonsense. He dropped the gloves. And I think it's rubbing off on Pedersen a little bit, uh, believe it or not. I've never seen him throw as many hits as he's thrown the last few games. It's been something to watch. Uh, so, yeah, Elias Pedersen. You could even sprinkle on the plus one and a half points at plus 160. You know, because he's had multiple point games now uh, in three of the last five games for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. But more than anything, uh, in terms of assist prop, minus 108 at Cool Bet, minus 115, minus 120 at some other spots. That's the price on him to get an assist, you know, and he has been the king of apples lately for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. So uh, no question that is uh, uh, something that I'll be looking at here in this game. Beauvillier. Clearly getting a nice restart and to his career uh, here in Vancouver, and he is playing like it uh, for uh, Vancouver since he's uh, been uh, added to this team in the Horvat deal. He has gotten a point in three of the last five games uh, for the uh, – actually, four of the last five games for the Vancouver Canucks. Five points in the last five games for Anthony Beauvillier. Uh, so the point prop is absolutely worth a look. You could even go an assist prop on him at plus 200. Uh, because in those uh, five games where he's collected a point, uh, you know, you've seen a couple of them be via assist as well. So, uh, but the point prop at minus 105 on Beauvillier is certainly a nice uh, price and something to look at here in Dallas. Uh, if you look at uh, their side, because you would think offensively against this Canucks defense, they can chip in something here tonight. Wyatt Johnston uh, has really been good lately. Uh, he's shooting the puck a lot more. He's being rewarded for it for the uh, Stars. So a plus 300 goal prop on him is not bad. A plus 125 to get a point for Wyatt Johnston uh, for the uh, Dallas Stars is uh, probably a decent uh, option as well uh, going into uh, this game. You know, it's not all been Robertson, believe it or not, lately. But, yeah, Wyatt Johnston, uh, you know, you look at what he's done, uh, two points in the last uh, four games, scored in the last game. Uh, Rope Hintz got a goal for uh, Dallas in the uh, last game. He's kind of streaky where he goes three games without a point, but he scored against Vegas. I could see him probably chipping in tonight as well for the uh, Dallas Stars just because he's a streaky player. He'll have three or four without a goal or a point, and then he'll go three or four with a consecutive games with a goal and with a point. So Rope Hintz might be worth a look here tonight as well. All right, Boston and Edmonton, probably the game of the night, one of the games of the night on paper. I Vegas, Colorado's up there too. Uh, Boston minus 130, road favorites, six and a half the total. How about the money coming in on Edmonton uh, here in this game? I mean, Boston opened higher than this. Uh, we've seen some money come in on the Oilers, even though they're coming back home off a, a road trip, uh, which is not always a great bet on spot. And a road trip that ended with a thud for them. They they got, they just buried themselves against Colorado for against Columbus rather for nothing on Saturday. You just can't dig yourself that much of a hole, you know, and expect to uh, climb out of it even against Columbus. And that ended up being the case. Uh, a loss that certainly didn't sit well with them. We'll see if they bounce back here against uh, the Bruins. I don't know. This is not a spot I'm excited about taking Boston, though. Uh, even this looks extremely cheap. Doesn't this look so enticing, so cheap here to back Boston? But you know, the excitement and the euphoria of the, the Vancouver win simply because of the moment Linus Allmark had scoring that goal. I'm sure they had a nice little celebration after that. It doesn't happen every day that your goaltender scores a goal in the National Hockey League. Uh, does this become a spot where Boston, after, you know, a, a, a very big night, momentous night with that happening, do they fall flat here? Do they just not play as well? You know, that that is some concern. You got Edmonton off a bad loss, returning home. So there's a lot of factors that I'm questioning on both sides. 
I think Edmonton brings it tonight, but they're also off a road trip. That's not a great spot. Yeah, the price is very cheap on Boston here. They are the better team, certainly the better defensive team. But after what happened with Allmark the other night, can we trust this team for 60 minutes for focus tonight? And it's the front end of a back-to-back as well for the Bruins. And they're opting to go with Jeremy Swayman uh, in net tonight uh, for this game uh, and save uh, Allmark for tomorrow, we presume, against Calgary, uh, which will be the uh, second of the back-to-back on the road for them. And Swayman wasn't great. The whole team, though, wasn't great. I can't play it all on Swayman, the Seattle game, where it was just that crazy track meet, uh, back-and-forth shootout that the Bruins ended up prevailing in 6-5. to five. I think the blue line performance in front of Swayman in that game against Seattle was nowhere near what we've come to expect uh, from the uh, Boston Bruins, so you'd expect better uh, in this game. So I have a real tough time with this game sidewise. Uh, I would lean over the total at six and a half just because Edmonton's going to have to prove to me they can keep a game under. That has not happened in a very long time. Uh, they have gone over the total at a seven and one clip in their last eight games. Uh, and if you actually look at Boston uh, versus uh, Edmonton games, they've kind of trended under. But, um, you know, I, I still have really big time concerns about betting an Edmonton under right now with what I've seen out of this group. So I would definitely lean toward that uh, over. And as far as props go in this game, uh, there are definitely some good options. Um, On the Edmonton side, here's some sleeper options. Two defensemen that are all of a sudden getting in on the offense for the Oilers, Tyson Berry and Darnell Nurse. Tyson Berry is on a six-game point streak for the Edmonton Oilers. Darnell Nurse is on a four-game point streak and a four-game consecutive assist streak as well for the uh Dar- for the Edmonton Oilers. So we're talking about players that, you know, are on uh, con- streaks in terms of chipping in offense from the blue line. Nurse is only plus 120 to get a point, plus 160 to get an assist. And like I said, he's had a point and an assist in four straight games. Barry's had a point in six straight games for the uh, Edmonton Oilers from the blue line and he's only plus 110 to get a point tonight at DraftKings. Great, great prices, great value. You've got Darnell Nurse chipping in points, uh, four straight. Tyson Berry, six straight. And you can get plus money with both of these guys to get a point tonight. It's absolutely outstanding, I think, that value uh, on that. Jake DeBrusque props because he's been shooting the puck a lot. Worth a look. Uh, Point prop, goal prop. He's been feeling it uh, for the uh, Boston Bruins of late. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl, you probably just have to bet him to score a goal at this point because he's gone. He's on a seven-game goal-scoring streak for the uh, Edmonton Oilers coming into tonight. Now, the problem is it's not the typical Ian Cameron bargain bin price, but still, we're talking about Dreisaitl, goals in seven straight games, and you can still get plus 125. You know, it's a lot of books for him to find the back of the net tonight. Yeah, DeBrusque is from Edmonton. His father, Louis DeBrusque, is going to be on the call of this game on Edmonton Oilers local television tonight with always the insanely excitable Jack Michaels. Did you hear Jack Michaels, by the way, the end of the Edmonton Columbus game on Saturday, you, you talk about how to pump in excitement for the end of a close game, one goal game with the net empty. Holy shit. Wow. That's how you do it. Holy macro. That's Jack Michaels though. Uh, Alex, he, he gets into it. That was oh, something yeah. though at the end of that yeah. Columbus game. I thought he was going to pass out in the booth. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty intense. Yeah. yeah, that's how you do it, though. I love it. That's why Jack is uh, high up on the broadcaster rankings. That if you haven't seen them yet, check it out at uh, Patreon.com/slash/IceGuys. Uh, but uh, yeah, it should be fun. Yeah, Louis DeBrusque is Jake's dad, of course. He's calling the game for television for Edmonton. So you think he'll want to play well tonight in front of pops? Uh, <laughs> I would think so. You know, and and he's going to want to play hard because look, if he doesn't back check tonight, 
Louie's going to say something about it. I'm sure on the broadcast tonight for the Oilers, like, oh, that's a bad job by <laughs> Jake there. He didn't really get back and uh, take his man there on that, uh, that, that Edmonton goal tonight by McDavid or whatever. So yeah, you can't disappoint your father. So that's another reason. Yeah. Uh, that J Jake DeBrusque, I think is going to have a hell of a night here for the Bruins and be all over the ice and make an impact. Uh, what do you think here, Alex Bruins Oilers? Yeah, I agree with you. I think Jake and, uh, and company, they're going to do well. And this is a Boston team that you just can't run in front of them when they're on a hot streak like this right now. And when you look at this Edmonton spot, and it's interesting, I'm looking at the, you know, I, I like looking at the schedules and, and and kind of looking at certain trends and patterns. This is the fourth time in the uh, fifth time, I should say, where Edmonton's had their back home off of back to back road games, just two game sets. And they've gone one in three in those previous four instances where back-to-back -back road games and then coming home off of a game. So that's the spot they're in now, which is a, a bit of a dubious spot to have to, you know, travel. Edmonton, you know, it seems like they're always kind of far away from everywhere just about. And now have to come back and play the best team in the league in the Bruins. And this is the first meeting they'll meet again later on in about a, a couple of weeks. I think Boston on the road, they're, they're focused. They'll be able to take care of business. And I think they do it within 60 minutes. So no draw here for me. I actually like Boston in regulation. I got that at even money earlier. Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, liking uh, that to uh, them to get the uh, job done here in this one. Uh, you know, there's some props too in terms of, I mentioned DeBrusque, the, the main Boston prop, but uh, uh, Pasternak here uh, has a history, I think, of uh, producing very well against Edmonton and also sh uh, shooting the puck more. So keep an eye on that. Uh, his props might be uh, worth a look here. I'm just looking at the uh, data here for shots on goal. I'm pretty sure I saw that out of uh, Pasternak. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, and he's got a good track record with uh, shooting the puck a lot against uh, Edmonton. And Edmonton does give up some shots. So uh, definitely that could be a, a good look there as well. Uh, like I say, this could be one of those games, too, where McDavid wants to make an impact. He knows how good Boston is. Uh, so, you know, it's one of those nights, too, that uh, especially at home ice against a good opponent. Now, it's, the tricky part is Boston's very can be very good defensively. Um, but it, this might be a night for that McDavid, Dreisaitl, same game parlay over one and a half points. Because at so many times in these, when you get them motivated and fired up for a game and an opponent, an awful loss to Columbus playing this, uh, you know, terrific Boston Bruins team, I think it'll bring out the best in both McDavid and Dreisaitl uh, here tonight. So uh, the over one and a half points parlay on both of those guys, which I've actually bet a few times and won with, getting both of those guys to two plus points uh, in the same game. I think that's got a potential, at least, uh, for this game tonight. All right, good stuff. Uh, we'll be back with two more games left on the uh, Monday card. 282 live viewers on uh, YouTube right now. We appreciate it. Hit the like button. Uh, thank you for tuning in and also to our podcast listeners. Back with more Ice Guys right after we hear from Gramco. All right, whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, or on the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products such as vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you and is also available at many American retailers as well. Get the best Delta 8 cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. If you visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you get 25% off of any order 
and all orders on the site that are $50 and higher are shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, we're back here on the ice, guys. Two games left, and this is another good one. Uh, next up here, Vegas and Colorado. Avalanche minus 140, home favorite, six the total in this game. Uh, I don't want to get in Colorado's way right now, uh, not the way they're playing uh, at this point in time. This is a team that uh, we know uh, obviously had their issues earlier this season, didn't play as well, tons of injuries. Well, now we're seeing a Colorado team that outside of McCarr, uh, and uh, their backup goalie, Pavel Francouz, and, well, Landis has been out all year. Um, but other than that, they've, they're as healthy as they've been all uh, season, although they will not have uh, Curtis McDermott uh, in this game. Concussion, likely from the fight that he had, and what a fight it was Saturday night against Milan Lucic uh, of the uh, Calgary Flames. That was a heavyweight tilt. That was a heavyweight scrap right there. And it was one hell of a fight. And I think the concussion stemmed from that. Uh, so he will not end up uh, playing tonight in this game. But, uh, yeah, there's no question. I like the way Colorado's warming up. They, they know this, this is their time of year. You know, they bided their – well, not bided their time. They were riddled with injuries at one point. But they've gotten through the majority of their injuries. They've gotten most of their team healthy. Uh, they're playing great hockey. They've won five in a row. They beat Minnesota, St. Louis, Edmonton in overtime, Winnipeg 5-1, to Calgary 4-1. to That's the thing. There's not a lot of sisters of the poor in that five-game win streak. You know, they've beaten some good teams. Teams playing with purpose at this time of year, needing points to make the playoffs. And Colorado is dusting these teams off like nothing. I mean, that back-to-back -back wins over Winnipeg and Calgary over the weekend was extremely impressive. So, yeah, there's no way I want to step in front of Colorado the way they're playing right now. Uh, but Vegas is getting, you know, plus 120. They're, they're, they've played pretty good hockey since the break as well. Uh, a nice 6-2 uh, and two record uh, in eight games following the break. They haven't lost two in a row since the All-Star break. They had the loss to Chicago in a shootout, and they bounced back to beat Calgary uh, in overtime after that. And then they lost in a shootout to uh, Dallas 3-2. We have seen Vegas go to beyond regulation in three straight games. Does that maybe make the draw appealing here, potentially, with Vegas and Colorado? I, this is another one where I might sprinkle on the draw, but that's the only thing I'm doing with this game from a side perspective. I don't want to – I lean Colorado as I think they're going to get the win, and I think actually with Vegas beating them the last time these two teams played. And when Vegas beat Colorado, it was early January, and that's still when the Avs were struggling. They were depleted. They were riddled, ravaged with injuries. That's not the case right now. So I think Colorado – Probably wins this game, but I'm not going to lay the buck 40. If anything, I'll just sprinkle a little bit on the draw here uh, in this one. And as far as the uh, total goes uh, for this uh, game here, uh, you've got uh, these two teams, by the way, five straight head-to-head -head meetings since uh, October a couple of seasons ago uh, have gone under. So it's actually been a strangely low-scoring series. And the last three meetings have been a 3-2 final score for somebody. Two of those for Colorado, one of those for uh, Vegas. So uh, I'm off the total. I'm off the side other than a small, small bet on the draw here in this one. But I do have some props. We'll get to them in a sec. Alex, what do you think here? Golden Knights, Avs. You mentioned about the last five meetings that they've you know gone under, but you've also seen the pattern of 3 3-2, 3-2, 2-0, 3-1. A lot of close games between these two teams. And, of course, Vegas has been involved in nothing but close games, three straight games going past regulation. Uh, it easily could have been on a five-game streak. We had a couple games that were 
close down to the wire that did end up being regulation uh, decided. So I'm definitely going with a draw here. Yeah, I don't want anything to do with the side or even the total here for that for that point because, like I said, with Hill and Yorgiev, these are two goalies that have you know been playing fairly solid. They could easily turn this into a, a 1-1 or a 2-2 kind of game, or if they're a little bit off and, and rocky, and especially the way Colorado's offense has been rolling, this could be a higher-scoring game that goes no OT. But I do feel comfortable enough in, in betting the draw here, even though this is one of the lower prices uh, on the board, plus 315, plus 320. That means a lot of people have been betting it when you start seeing that number creeping down toward uh, the low 300s and even toward that 290 range. That that tells you there's a lot of action on it. So uh, it's with good purpose and good reason. I'm going Vegas, Colorado draw. All right, Vegas and Colorado draw for Alex here uh, in this one. Uh, yeah, in terms of uh, props here for uh, this game, uh, I do want to mention when it comes to uh, McKinnon, he's just he's a shooting animal right now, shooting machine for this team. So even at four and a half, his shots on goal prop, especially a big game like this, division team, uh, Vegas, yeah, I could see uh, McKinnon over shots. Uh, by the way, there, there's a couple, too, in this game. Will Carrier uh, for uh, Vegas uh, has been uh, shooting the puck a lot more lately as well for them. So I think his overshots on goal is worth a look. Because seven of the last ten games, Carrier has gone over uh, his shots on goal number. Same with Carlson for uh, Vegas. Seven of ten, he's gone over uh, his shots on goal prop. I mentioned McKinnon. Uh, that's not a bad way to go uh, as well either in terms of the uh, shots on goal market. Marchessault's kind of cooled off here with his uh, over two and a half, but still three of the last five, he's gone over that number. So I don't I don't mind it uh, looking in uh, that direction either going into uh, this game tonight. So uh, keep an eye on that uh, as well. And uh, yeah, those are the main uh, props here I would uh, consider in this game. It's hard. and I don't want to load up on the point props and the assist props because you know, with these two teams, we have seen a history of lower scoring games. So more sticking towards the shots on goal market as opposed to just going crazy with goals, points and assists, that kind of thing. We should see, by the way, for this game, uh, a goaltending matchup of Aiden Hill for Vegas and Alexander Georgiev for uh, Colorado. And it is confirmed Hill for Vegas and uh, Georgiev uh, for the uh, Colorado Avalanche, which we expected. Hill is obviously the guy, you know, in net until Logan Thompson. Uh, gets back for the uh, Golden Knights, and he's played well, as we've talked about here uh, in his uh, recent starts. His form's been solid uh, for the uh, Vegas uh, Golden Knights. All right, final game of this uh, Monday card, playing for exercise, as we like to say, Chicago Blackhawks and Anaheim Ducks. Anaheim minus 135, home favorites, six the total. I like the over here. It's just a simple, you know, two teams that I don't think pay much attention defensively tonight. You know, two teams that aren't going anywhere. Uh, obviously, you just have to roll the puck out there score some goals, you know, have a little fun. Nobody's going to try blocking a shot uh, for either of these teams. Neither one's going anywhere. Uh, and I think you're going to see, and I know Anaheim, believe it or not, is off two straight unders, which is a rarity for them. But it was the John Gibson show that led to that those unders. Let's be honest. Uh, he was just absolutely ridiculous. He was unconscious, unconscious in those two games uh, against uh, Washington and Carolina. Can't believe how good he was. Well, I can because he's capable of it, but We've just seen it few and far between from uh, John Gibson here the last couple of seasons. As far as the goaltending tonight goes, it'll be Lucas Dostal. They, they're obviously going to give uh, Gibson a rest. Uh, he's faced a shit ton of rubber. I'll, I'll say he's only faced 96 fucking shots uh, in his last two games. 96? I mean, that's <laughs> that's a, that, that isn't much. 
but yeah, I mean, obviously this makes sense. Get him a rest. Uh, he needs it right now. Uh, Lucas Dostal will be in net. Uh, he's kind of struggled the last couple times we've seen him in net. Of course, he's not helped by the fact that the blue line is so poor for the most part in front of him. Two and six, 4.23 goals against average, 895 save percentage for Dostal. It looks like it'll be Peter Morozik again here for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks tonight uh, in this game. We were wondering, would it be the young kid Stauber who's been impressive? I will give Morozik credit for as much as he's had a tough season. He struggled. Uh, he was very good against San Jose on Patrick Marlowe night. Uh, on Saturday night, he played very well, one of his better games, but he's one of those goalies where do you trust him? Do you really, can you rely on him? Can you bank on him to have two good starts in a row? It hasn't happened very often uh, this year. So uh, that remains to be seen. We have to talk, of course, about all the changes in the lineups for both of these teams, uh, obviously, but especially Chicago, you know, there's definitely some uh, issues. Adam Henrique's on IR for uh, Anaheim. That's a big loss. Uh, for them. And on the Chicago side, of course, Patrick Kane's not even with the team anymore as he awaits a likely trade. We talked about the Leaf trade with the Blackhawks today. When you take a Sam Lafferty off your team and you take a Jake McCabe off your team, you're a much worse defensive team. There's no question about that. Jake McCabe's one of your better stay-at-home defensemen. Sam Lafferty's a great two-way forward. I think even better defensively as a forward than offensively. They're a much worse defensive team going into this game tonight than they were a few hours ago when McCabe and Lafferty were still there. So uh, definitely I think Chicago is going to give up some goals tonight and moving forward. I've got them circled to be an over team, even without Kane, because I think Max Domi becomes the centerpiece right now, which leads into the prop I like too. Anything Max Domi, goal, point, assist, over shots on goal, anything Max Domi. Like I think the, the brunt of the offense falls even more on his shoulders now uh, without Patrick Kane. So good prop. A good player prop tonight in this game for sure, in my opinion, is Max Domi. But I'm on the over here, over 6, minus 120. I kind of lean Chicago, I do, at plus 115 because this is a brutal spot for Anaheim. Long road trip, four-game trip. They just had John Gibson uh, steal two games for them against Washington and Carolina, but we won't see him tonight. They're back home that first game off that lengthy Eastern road trip. It's not a bet on spot laying a price with Anaheim, that's for sure, but can we trust Chicago? Morozik and Ned again. Can we trust him to have a good start with no Kane as well? And now Lafferty and McCabe gone. Much worse defensively probably without those two guys. Can we trust Chicago? I trust Chicago plus 115 before I trust Anaheim minus 135 in this spot. That I will say. I like that a little bit. Chicago plus 115. I like the over a little bit more. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Blackhawks, Ducks. Well, thankfully, when you don't trust either side, there is also it's a third option to look for in, in these games. And that's does it start with the letter D? It does. It does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm going with the draw here, and I think this is going to be one of those games. This is not, and it's funny. I think if tonight goes according to the way I see it, we're going to see a lot of draws, but it's going to be for different reasons, and we're going to see the gamut of 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 what this uh, exercise is kind of all about. This is not going to be a draw where two teams are playing great hockey, shutting things down defensively, controlling the puck, and it ends up being 2-2. No, this will more than likely be a game where all hell breaks loose, and it's tied 4-4, even 5-5 at the end of the play. So I like the over here as well. Uh, I would have liked the Hawks' side if Jackson Stauber had been playing, but the Hawks said, you know what, enough with this winning shit. They sent him back to Rockford. You bring up uh, Alex Stalock from the IR, who I did not think we'd ever see play again. Because not only did he have the concussion, but it was referenced that he had some kind of an ocular 
uh, vision issue. So we still don't know where he's going to be. So that's something to keep in mind whenever he does get a start. He didn't get like any, uh, as far as I know, he didn't get any kind of starts in Rockford, any kind of conditioning stint or anything like that. So he's just kind of going in cold off of what's been a pair of serious injuries and uh, had to play in a while. So that on top of them running Morazic, like you said, and, and all the shots he's faced, you got rid of one of your better defenders now, McCabe. You got rid of a, of a great goal scorer and, and a solid two-way player in Lafferty. And, of course, Sir Patrick Kane still out of the lineup. So it's a little tough to figure out where exactly this offense is going to come from for the Hawks, but it shouldn't take much of anything to get past, like I said, Lucas Dostal on this rough Anaheim defense, especially with the scheduling spot with them coming back home off a long road trip. I expect goals galore. Let's go with the over. Let's also sprinkle in the draw as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, maybe I'll worry about that more when they play Dallas, Nashville, some of these other teams later on in their schedule here, Chicago, when it comes to offense. Because you're right, the offense without Kane, they're worse. But Domi's, I think, capable of picking up some slack. Yeah, that's an excellent point, Rich. I monitored that a lot when I was watching that Chicago-San Jose game. With no Kane, what does this mean for Domi? Because the two of them had such great chemistry. Well, what it meant was eight shots on goal, fire in the puck a ton. So, you know, the shots on goal for Domi is a great, great bet tonight. I think that's going to be the norm for him moving forward. I've got to be the guy. I've got to shoot this damn puck a lot, uh, and I think you're going to see that from him. Uh, no question about that uh, moving forward. So uh, definitely a good uh, player prop option. There's a couple shots on goal prop uh, things I forgot to mention as well uh, in the uh, other games. I wanted to mention, too, from the Boston game, Lindholm on the blue line, Hampus Lindholm. He's trending up big time in terms of shooting the puck. So uh, Hampus Lindholm. For the Boston Bruins on defense, over shots on goal, something worth a look. Yeah, Gutman. Yeah, Gutman, you know, has definitely been jumping, has been involved in the play. You know, they're giving him opportunity to showcase. Do we go back to the well with David Gust again for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks? Someone that uh, scored in his NHL day. Unbelievable. First game, first shift. Scoring his first NHL goal the other night uh, against the uh, San Jose Sharks for uh, David Gust. Uh, So we'll see. Maybe we'll have another uh, gust of uh, goal scoring tonight. Uh, for him tonight uh, against the uh, Anaheim Ducks. But, yeah, the over to me is a very good look in this game with two teams that, again, defense will be of probably of no mind for either one. Uh, and, look, it's not like Anaheim won because, oh, the defense figured it out. Oh, the defense showed up. No, it was their goaltender, stood on his damn head. Uh, we'll dare Lucas Dostal here to do the same thing tonight. All right, good stuff. That is the Monday card. Thanks to everyone for tuning into another edition of the Ice Guys. Patreon.com slash Ice Guys, just $10 a month. Make sure you sign up and subscribe there. Goalie charts, totals charts, power ratings, the daily Ice Guys show betting card, tons of bonus content, video content. There's an article content going up from Alex later this week uh, as well. We're going to have more video stuff in the weeks to come as well. So all that and more, Patreon.com slash Ice Guys. Sign up there, just $10 a month. Also, check out iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Today is the last day. You can get 15% off anything in the Ice Guys store. We're just a few days away from March. Uh, spring is coming. This is a good time to get you a hoodie, get a T-shirt, get a cap. Check it all out. 15% off everything uh, all the way up until midnight tonight. That's iceguys.myspreadshop.com. All right. Good stuff indeed. Back with best bets to wrap after a word from Manscaped. 
Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, our good friends at Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, courtesy of the Ice Guys. Get 20% off of any purchase and free worldwide shipping with the promo code Ice Guys. That's promo code Ice Guys, all one word, I-C-E-G-U-Y-S at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 400 million balls that you can help preserve with manscaped.com. Using the promo code Ice Guys, you get the performance package 4.0. It is a game changer. The Lawnmower 4.0. It takes care of this, among other things. Uh, it'll keep you uh, trim uh, as can be. Uh, the lawnmower 4.0 waterproof same thing with the weed whacker which takes care of your ear hair nose hair i mean nose hair in particular you know i'm getting up there in age and nose hair is becoming uh, definitely more of an issue this will take care of it it feels like someone's tickling the inside of your nostrils sometimes it pisses the hell out of me it bothers me i need to take care of that shit. this will take care of it for you the weed whacker uh, make uh, part of the package that you get with your Manscaped purchase and the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. You also get the ball toner. You also get the ball deodorant. Keep you uh, smelling good and looking good and feeling good down in the nether regions. This package is really going to make you feel good and and look good and look better. Slim, trim, that's what it's all about. And Manscaped.com can help you out with that so make sure you take advantage of this manscape.com get 20 percent off and free shipping with the promo code ice guys at manscape.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscape.com and use the promo code ice guys unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped All right, it is time for best bets. Alex, what do you like for best bet for a Monday? All right, we're going with the one player that is not a draw. We're going with the Boston Bruins in regulation at even money. Uh, this is just a, a juggernaut of a team, and I think they're going to step up and, and show out on the road against Connor McDavid and company. This is the, a good spot here, I think, for Boston and a, and a great price. Uh, like I said, it's dropped now to the point where you could even back it in, uh, you know, for the full money line. But I, I'm just playing it safe, going even money, I think. Bees get the job done at 60. Let's go Bruins regulation. That's my Monday best bet. All right, Boston in regulation, even money against Edmonton for uh, Alex P. Smith with his best bet. Uh, Brian, yeah, just to repeat that, the website is iceguys.myspreadshop.com. So there you go. That's iceguys.myspreadshop.com. That is the Ice Guys store where you can get all that great merch uh, that Alex uh, mentioned uh, just a few uh, moments ago. All right, best bets here for me. Uh, on this uh, Monday uh, show, we split yesterday. I'll be honest, there's no way the Jets would have been best bet for me if I knew Riddick was in that. And uh, that, that took me totally by surprise. I'm, 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 I'm disappointed in bonus for doing that. It's almost like you figured, you know, when, when, get Hallibuck right back in there, will you please? I mean, he had a bad game against Colorado. The whole team was bad. Put him right back in there on Sunday. He didn't do that. They paid the price for it uh, in that game against the Islanders, but we did get the other best bet with Tampa Pittsburgh, uh, over six and a half. Let's see what we've got for best bets. I'm going to that late game. I think we see goals, goals, goals 
uh, on the duck pond tonight. Chicago Anaheim over six minus one twenty. Uh, that is going to be my best bet here for this Monday NHL card. Uh, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. We appreciate it very much. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. And a reminder, the Ice Guys live betcast tomorrow night, Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern. DM me at Bobano on Twitter or email Bobano350 at gmail.com, and we will get you the link for the betcast to join us on Tuesday night. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Monday. Enjoy the games and good luck. We'll see you again tomorrow on Tuesday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now.